Bookworm Games, Episode 9. This is Wesley Schantz, and I'm joined tonight by Stephanie Bell. Hello! And we're talking into one phone, and we're going to see how that goes. We're pretty fancy. Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to talk tonight about a discussion that um, was touched on in our conversation with Ben Kozlowski, um, which had to do with a couple of different kinds of games. And the way that we sort of spoke about that was that there's games which are uh, sort of plot-driven and quest, quest-like in some sense. There's an end goal to them, and you complete objectives, and you eventually beat the game in that way. And then there's other kinds of games. We're talking just within video games here. But there's other kinds of games which have a sort of open-ended nature. Uh, they may have some objectives, um, but they aren't a, a, a strict quest in the same sense. Uh, Earthbound, of course, as I've been trying to make the case, follows a quest-type structure, even though it plays with it in some interesting ways. Um, but other games uh, are much more of the open-ended sort, especially nowadays that there's enough uh, technology to make that, that possible. And um, I wanted to talk to you about it because I know that you really like those kind of games. Yeah, you know, I just realized that they're, uh, they're more lifelike. Life is not just like a quest that you're trying to like reach an end goal. Um, I'm really trying to justify my uh, uh, my taste in some of these games lately. A lot of the time it feels like it's just like a farm simulation, but I think that's what I want from life. Like a nice, I've done my chores, I'm pretty happy, I didn't fight the boss today, but that's okay. I've made my house more beautiful, I've planted a whole row of sweet gems and those are gonna make me lots of money later ah uh, okay so that's where you that's where I, I was interested in in taking this discussion oh, uh-oh. yeah that just reminded me um okay so let's let's like take given given that the the, the games that are open-ended and could you just give a few examples first oh well lately i've been really into stardew valley um and starbound and um, I've been playing Breath of the Wild more like one of these kinds of games. I've been doing all the little quests, all the sides, and I've been avoiding Ganon still. Oh, yeah. Um, so I haven't really been doing like the main storyline. Um, I feel like you might even be avoiding the game entirely because there isn't oh, really that much left to do so except close. Ganon. <laughs> I really should just go kill him, but then I don't think I'll pick it up. Like, I won't find all the Koroks, and I really like them. Yeah, yeah. Well, so... When you when you mentioned the idea of making some money, oh, that's yeah. what kind of tipped me off to this thing I was thinking about with this with respect to this. Like, if those games are like life, um, in some way, like real life, uh-huh. right? Insofar as you don't have a an end purpose in the same way, or uh, or a distinct quest, so much as you just are enjoying the day and and doing certain things which are kind of your own choice, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can, you have all these possibilities and you can sort of choose the ones you want to work on and Are you about to tell within me within some like, limits? Like that it's bad that I'm so focused on getting all the money in all the games? I'm not saying that getting <laughs> money is bad. That would be really, um, really hard to defend, I think, in lots of ways. No, I'm not saying that it's bad. I don't, I don't mean that at all. I just mean that what if that is sort of what we use to take the place of a overarching quest. 
oh. if that makes you know sense. It's like it seems like that's a, a kind of a a way to compare across different um, smaller endeavors how you're doing in the scheme of things. Like, are you are you successful? Are you winning at at something? Yeah. yeah okay. Well, in Starbound, you don't need uh, much money, if at all. You actually lose it pretty quickly. You lose a big chunk of all your pixels as the money in Starbound. Every time Which you die. Which is really cool. And you die a lot. But you need it for cool things like cars that somehow always get stuck in buildings and lose anyway. Um, or other technology. But in that game, you don't need you don't need money. So... Um, oh, but they do, they do technically have, like, a plot line and an end goal, um, but I hardly ever actually, you know, try to get that. I mostly play around and build my colonies and mine and dig for things so I can find weird dungeons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so even if there is as money as the main overarching plot line, or they have a clear plot line... Um, I like the games that you don't have to care what they want you to do. You get to choose what what you feel like doing. And is that because it feels more like life to you? I think Going so. I, I don't... Okay, so maybe this is related to how in high school I would not read any book I was told to read. <laughs> um, I liked reading. I didn't do it a whole lot because I was told all the time to read it. So I was like, no, I'm not, not gonna... I'll just read the summaries. Look at me being clever. Um, so maybe it's my like rebel. My rebel instincts is what draws me to Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Sure, we'll go with that. That's funny. Uh, when you when you're talking about um, reading books, that also reminded me that I wanted to bring up uh, Lord of the Rings in this discussion mm. too, because that's well, maybe it's a little different. We don't really play any Lord of the Rings games too much. We have some Lego Lord of the Rings games, but we don't play them that much. I played a Two Towers game for GameCube. Oh, okay. It was pretty fight this level, move on, fight this level, move on. Oh, well, anyhow, I guess I wanted to ask, because that's some of the coolest, um, you know, widely regarded uh, quest sort of narratives out there. And they're exciting to read and to watch the movies of and to think about. Um, we even sometimes go to the local Tolkien society meetings. Tolkien just enthusiasts. To, yes, yeah, yes. just to talk, just to talk about. And it's well, okay, but then, but then it's it's really interesting how how different that is from the kinds of games that you like to play, right? Because um, if anything, that the economics of Tolkien's world and the uh, the free time, so to speak, yeah. is really um, not that developed, right? Everything is sort of headed towards a certain end, with the exception of like little moments like Tom Bombadil's sure. house, right? Sure. He seems to just like exist in that sort of ideal realm. Um, I bet he, he would play Stardew Valley. Yeah, that's sort of what he does all day, right? Yeah. Like, so to speak, he's he's going around like gathering flowers and yeah. Oh. Saving people from willows and I'm naming my next character Tom Bombadillo. Tom Bombadillo. Bom- Bombadillo. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And he's gonna have an armadillo. I don't get to choose that. I get a cat or a dog. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna name my puppy Armadillo. There you go. It's perfect. Okay. All right, but there's so there's like something interesting going on there then, right? Well, so what is it about um, about those books and those those worlds? Maybe maybe that's it. It's that the world is so developed. 
Maybe. Um, I'm also realizing that when I start playing these games, I'll play for hours and hours because I always have another thing I want to do the next day. Like if it's Animal Crossing, it's, oh, I have to d find so-and-so's lost mitten and I have to deliver it to them. Or, oh, in one more day, all of my cherries are going to be ready to harvest and then I have to go turn them in for all my bells. So there's like a next day, but the days are super short. So they're like really small. Uh -huh. um, well, Animal Crossing, they're not super short. I mean, they're super short because I always cheated and like changed the the clock, the GameCube clock forward um, when I got done with my activities for that day. So the days are short, so I have like lots of super tiny short goals um, that I can stop at any point. But if I put a game down for a while, I won't remember what my short-term goal was. And so it'll take a while to pick it back up. Or if I do pick it back up, it's a new string of short-term goals. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about like, Wait, where am I in this story right now? Like, who is this character? Okay. What is this random person doing? What was I supposed to do for them? So I think that's... That's, that's part of the appeal? Yeah, part of the appeal to me is my, my short attention span. Um, and to, to tie it back to Lord happy. of the Rings, though, mm -hmm. is it because you know that story pretty well? You don't feel the same kind of, like, pressure to keep everything in mind at all times? I think so. It sort of, like, hangs together. Yeah, yeah. And I don't feel like I have to sit there and finish it all at once oh, right. without, like, needing to start over and say, who is this? Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the difficulty, I guess, um, of, of picking up a new uh, quest or something like that, uh, is seeing what is the same as the general, right, um, mythic structure oh. and what is different about this particular one what makes this one worth investing that time and energy of, th of thought or attention yeah. or whatever to actually sit down and play and i think earthbound like for me is the kind of the the most interesting thing about it is that at the time when i was playing it like i didn't have consciously like an, a sense of the overarching structure of a quest like, I sort of maybe had that intuitively, right, from stories and stuff. But I wasn't thinking about it in that way at all. It was just like, okay, what's the next thing that I want to do in this game? Oh, okay, I got to go figure out how to get from Tucson to Threed, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it turns out that I can't do that yet, and I just, like, stumble upon this other thing, like seeing the Runaway 5 show, whatever, right? So there's there's a, a kind of... Um, a kind of surprise that comes out of seeing how the uh, the artist or the narrator plays on your expectations right um, within the larger story and gives you these little moments uh, which are sort of this the kind of thing that you're talking about of collecting this this thing or um, you know, I do like seeing collecting. that yeah. seeing that other thing um, grow and mm -hmm. getting some kind of benefit from that um, so it's interesting then that, um, you know, in Breath of the Wild, you kind of have, like, both of those aspects going yeah. on. And even if you um, uh, are stressed out in some way by the prospect of completing the quest, you can go around and just find lots of Koroks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but do you think, I mean, do you think that there is a, a, a balance there that, that's, that's good to strike? Or is it... Um, because I, I, you know, I tried to propose. Okay, so maybe within the, 
the games that are um, more open-ended, it's about making money or something like that. Yeah. There's some overarching goal of that kind. But it seems like that's not really where the balance would lie. So where, where would it be? I want, I mean, okay, so back to Starbound and Stardew Valley. They all have, like, a general plot line. Okay. But there's no pressure to get there quickly. Um, you can take as much time as you want. And, like, Harvest Moon, all of those, you're supposed to be growing up. It is supposed to be your life. Um, so I like that... I don't feel like I'm just wasting, I mean, I do feel like I'm wasting a lot of time playing it, but I don't feel like I'm wasting in-game time doing these quests because I'm slowly making progress to these other major goals that, that are, you know, I'm supposed to get to. Um, so I'm, I'm getting stronger to fight Ganon is my theory, even though, I mean, I could go destroy him in like three seconds and it's not going to be super fun, yeah. but I'm, I'm getting stronger, I'm working towards that. In um, Starbound, you're supposed to go uncover all of these historical things about all of these different space races. And so that gives you a perfect excuse to go find a new planet and explore. And then I just explore there a lot longer. But when I'm done, once I'm done with that planet, find another one and work a little bit more towards my goal. So I like, I like, the, I like that there's an overall structure, yeah. but no pressure to get there quickly. Yeah. And I also like games that um, that don't force you to remember the plot or how things are supposed to work together. Because honestly, I've paid attention to the storyline less than ten times in any game that I've played. Yeah. Like, Breath of the Wild is one of the first ones that I'm like, oh, this is a beautiful story. Okay. Because Ocarina of Time, when my family played that, we just sped through the text yeah, yeah. and wandered around and often were like, how were we supposed to know we were supposed to go to this place that this person just told us about? We didn't read it. But that's partly too because you guys would play it in little, in little like taking turns, kind of uh -huh. like passing mm -hmm. the baton. So it's like one person might even have actually listened to what to do next, but then <laughs> your sister gets on and then she's just playing to play, right? She doesn't know what's going well, on. Something like that. We would all sit around and play together. But oh, that's cool. I would have to do the puzzle parts and none of the scary parts. Uh -huh. My dad would always have to fight the bosses. <laughs> and then someone else, I don't know, I think Liz and Corey both played too. They must have been like doing the actual like dungeon and walking across mm. the scary field with the scary skeletons. And once we became an adult, like I could not do anything. I would like not pick up the controller because those mummies. It's too stressful. So scary. Yeah, I don't. It's scary. That's a very good point. Yes. Maybe distinct. I don't like stressful games. Mm -hmm. But storylines shouldn't stress me out. Forgetting them is pretty stressful. And I don't like getting frustrated for very long. Yeah. So if I don't know where to go next, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, also, it's like you're stuck between these two things. It's like you don't want to worry about paying particular attention to the story. Yeah. But you also don't worry want to worry about wasting your time, like, wandering around and not knowing what to do. And, and not, like, finding where the Runaway 5 show is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see myself getting really stuck with Earthbound. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting then. It's like... Earthbound seems to go out of its way to try to help you out, though, because it'll have, like, the hint man and, yeah, like, multiple true. people. It's not usually just, like, one person that you talk to. It'll be, like, multiple people that will all tell you more or less what to do next. But you, you have know? to talk to but people. But you do actually have to, yeah, you do actually have to take 
a certain amount of, but the funny thing about what you're describing with your family playing, it's like, that's how I used to play games too. And so it wasn't just that I had to figure it out. It was like a collaborative thing mm -hmm. where me and my friends, we would sit there and, you know, figure out what to do next. And a lot of times my friends were in the neighborhood were a little older than me. So they would be a lot oh. quicker to get what was going on or they'd even have played the game before. And so I was just playing it because they played it and they could tell me what to do. And that was really fun because I was like doing it, but also getting help from them and, so yeah, so I think that there's something interesting about the way that the story is kind of, yeah, collaborative is like kind of a, an accurate word, I suppose. Um, and, and that in that sense, it uh, takes some of the pressure off too. Yeah. yeah. And so there are all sorts of like manuals for all the old games. They probably still have them now too, but now everything's also online. Yeah. But with, with those, I always felt like I was giving up when I had to look up how to do a puzzle, like either with the strategy guide, like I don't think we ever bought a strategy guide, but I definitely looked at several at the store. Yeah. Um, but now, like, Starbound, they encourage you to go to their wiki, and it's like all the mm -hmm. recipes are there, and you learn so much more by, like, doing that research than just stumbling on it yourself. So it's, like, really encouraged. I'm like, oh, I want to make that. To make that, I have to make this, this, and that. Oh, but I have to do this first. It's a little bit like the social media, though, too, right? It's like that's how you sort of interact with other people who play the game. If you go there mm. and you, you get on the forum and you chat about, you know, how to do this or that, or yeah. you see what other people have done. So it's kind of... it's kind of um, That's my socializing. Bringing, yeah, bringing you out of your individual uh, ex experience with the game and making it part of something a little bit more... Yeah, communal or something like Easier that. Easier to have those friends teach you the tricks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but uh, the other interesting thing about Starbound and Stardew Valley, right, they, uh, they're sort of in, in progress. Or oh, they're, they're yes. sort of like being mm -hmm. updated. And even Breath of the Wild is that way, right? They, yeah. they'll release like they updates for it. So, so that's kind of different. It's like the game is never really finished in that sense either. In that sense, it's still open. Not just that the story isn't like driving towards a particular conclusion, but the game literally keeps growing, um, right? On, you know, as you as you're playing it, um, potentially, or you can go back and they'll have added something new. Yeah. Gonna, um, so that's, I, I think that's kind of an interesting uh, other side of this little discussion of um, these different kinds of games. Yeah, the open-ended ones are way easier to add on to. I mean, you can yeah. always have sequels. But that's a little, clear you know, ending. it's a little cheesy sometimes if they just add, you know, oh, but then, you know, this, this even this bigger happened. and yeah. <laughs> this even bigger bad guy, you know, shows up and it wasn't, it wasn't what we thought at all. Like this kind of endless uh, regression of uh, sequels that you get with Hollywood sometimes. Sure. It's just not that compelling, but, but no, yeah, I mean, you can't, there can, it can be a series that's like actually thought out to some extent and, and well done, you know, that's also possible. I have some, some bad news about Starbound. What's wrong? Um, they posted on their blog recently that an update that they've been working on for several months um, where you got to be a bounty hunter. They were testing it and playing, and they're like, eh, it feels like we just slapped on a weird extra. We're not actually going to release it. So they scrapped the whole bounty hunter thing. That they've been working on for months? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's... I mean, I, I applaud yeah. that they're like, this won't be great. I'm not going to do it. But... I'm also really sad because it sounded like it would be great. Yeah. Well, the thing, you know, the uh, the way that these things are, it's never really going to be 
gone forever either. You know, eventually, somewhere down the line, sooner or later, someone's going to get access to that and make it available well, for Yeah, at least a mod. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm getting distracted because our cats are, are playing with one of their toys and they're being really silly. Um, and that's, you know, so taking the discussion out from, from video games, right? I mentioned about... Um, that quote of Montaigne about whether he's playing with his cat or, he, or his cat's playing with him. Um, there's also, of course, uh, Schrodinger's cat. You know the story mm -hmm. of Schrodinger's yes, cat, right? Yes. It's like a thought experiment where until you actually look in the box, the cat is both alive and dead, which is a little morbid, but um, kind of interesting because it's like you're, you're watching changes the thing is yeah. sort of the idea there, right, with like uncertainty or whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I... I'm giving it a, a particularly careful explanation here because, like I said, I'm distracted by watching these cats play. Now I'm just thinking about Schrodinger's cat, but instead of the box, it's our cat under the doormat. <laughs> and then the other cat squishing her. What are they doing? Yeah, yeah. He's just trying to see if that cat is actually yeah. in the box or not. So this is like, like, I love it when I get pets in games uh -huh. or little friends that trail along. Like, I love it when they just do silly things that are not my character doing a silly thing. I love silly things, but I maybe want my characters to be a little more serious. Uh -huh. So if any of these games could give me a cat that does what our cats do... That behaves in a realistic cat-like way. Yeah, yeah, I mean... But why do you need that if you have real cats? Oh, great question. Okay, I want a dog that does that in-game so that I don't oh, I have see. to get a dog. Stephanie's very allergic to dogs. Yeah. It's really sad. Um, so I was just going to ask those, like, given that, um, these cats are so adorable and mm -hmm. fun to play with, uh, why do we even, why do we play all these video games then? And I guess... And why don't I just garden instead of gardening? Why, yeah, we've, we've, <laughs> we've got, you know, we've got a, a little yard. We just, like, put a garden in. We worked on it for a lot today. And I, I mean, I don't think we've played any video games today. No, but all something I did, I played some on my phone. Oh, I missed it. My brick. My brick breaking the brick game. breaking game. Does it have a name? I don't know. Probably. So those kind of know. games are totally different genre. They're 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 in some way just a way to pass time, right? It's oh, like, that's very true. Um, but but they are they are sort of addictive too, um, and that's part of the reason I, I guess think we it's play because it's so like I just get to shut my brain off and it's, like have these small goals anyway. Instant gratification. Yeah, I don't actually have to do very much work to say I did stuff. Low investment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's okay. So today I mowed part of the lawn, and I was exhausted. But then I was thinking about Stardew Valley. If I had played that, I would have like gone through a whole season, like a whole growth season, and harvested even. I see. Um, so but that's with, like, part of the appeal. Way less muscle fatigue. Yeah, yeah. But so I think the the trade off though is that you have more of an actual. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. <laughs> you have more of an actual payoff, though, for the effort that you put in. That's right? true. I mean, I could eat the actual vegetables that might grow in our garden this year. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But then there's there's something about these games that they just, uh, they're compelling. They they can't, you know, like, like the cats. They but just attract your attention. You yeah. can't look away. It's like a lot of the books I read, too. Hmm. Like, I really like... The Pern series, The Dragon Riders of Pern by Anne McCaffrey, because they are very similar to the games I like. Well, not in the open-ended sense, but they're these colonists from Earth, 
and they go and lay in a new world and they talk about their farming and their day-to-day -day activities and for some reason that appeals to me like someone else's day-to-day -day activities that you know maybe could be mine but nothing like ridiculous not like oh never mind they're dragons so I guess that is ridiculous but but they're sort of semi-scientifically based dragons yeah right? yeah and no like superhuman things I mean I do I do like Ender's Game and he's just ridiculous but um but okay, but so there's something about getting to see this like reflection of real life with something yeah, mm -hmm. different about yes, it. Yes, that's a very just, good point. Just like in uh, the Golden Compass, you know, it's sort of like it's like our world, but different, you know. But better in a way. In some ways, yeah. perhaps. Okay, good point. Yeah, yeah, I, I find that. Yeah, I find that to be a a really good reason to read books, which are you know somewhat fantastic but somewhat realistic. Yeah. That um, maybe in some ways. The realistic books are even uh, better at that, right? Because you're not as distracted by what's different. And then you get to see um, sort of certain consequences of maybe what seem like relatively small differences, you know. But then they kind of hit home in a, in a different way. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just thinking about these games that I claim are like real life. Um, Starbound, you're an alien like you can play as a plant so obviously it's not super realistic and like some of the things you fight are super crazy looking in Stardew Valley there's these little I call them apple guys I, I think they're like Junimos or something like that and like other aliens and weird bats that you get to fight in the caves I don't know so there's definitely some like not realistic Fantastic things cool. if if any of them were like really true to life and made me wait for my plants to grow or my sheep to give me wool so I can sell them. I don't think I would like them. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's only so much you can do, you know, in a in a lifetime or in a day. And some in some small way, these games let you have kind of more, hmm. you know, see the, the little outcomes. And books, too, for that matter, right? You sort of you dip into some other life for, for a shorter time and... You get to sort of experience that. I think that's a, yeah, that's an interesting kind of corollary of of this enjoyment, you know, or yeah. distraction or whatever the game provides. If I had uh, played these games when I was younger, I might think that I would want to be a farmer. Yeah. So I actually, you know, maybe this is a whole another discussion on like, the education system. Oh yeah. But if we had these sort of life simulators with different jobs. That might have been like a really useful tool. That might be possibly a really useful tool instead of just like those paper tests, like things you mm -hmm, enjoy. Mm -hmm. Like, do you actually enjoy that for several hours a day, <laughs> right. multiple days in a row, right. or do you just think it sounds great? It's a that is probably another discussion for another day, but it would be interesting to look into that a little bit. And I kind of, I kind of think it's probably already out there. Yeah, at least. Prototypes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a more intense job or less intense job shadowing. You don't run the risk of destroying anyone else's work day, but you get to see what it looks like, sort of. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, I'll take that, I think, as a good stopping point for now. We got to talk a little bit about Dragon Riders. I know maybe oh, yeah, there's more, yeah. maybe a little more there to talk about. I Okay. The, the mm -hmm. last thing I'll say then. Uh, is is on the point of books and games that you enjoy 
that mm-hmm. you like to that you'd like other people to play with you. Because I know this is a, a yeah. constant thing, right? <laughs> it's like trying to find people who will play Starbound with you, or trying to get me to read Dragon Riders of Pern, and I'm really bad about doing that. And of course, I'm always giving you books to read and yeah. getting you to talk to me on my podcast. Stardew Valley is almost out with their multiplayer now. So, so what's that about? Is it like I love this thing, I want to share this thing. This is a person that I like. I want to do things with this person. A little bit of both, or is it like the way that the game? Um, you know, uh, gets gets a hold of us, and we're sort of like we want we want to share it, but really it's sort of like we've we've been taken over by mm. something in the game. And, and I think? I think it's a combination of all of those, and also um, partly I feel a little guilty if I spend too long on a video game, and I feel like I should socialize some more. <sighs> So if I can get someone to socialize with me while playing it, then I feel a lot better. Yeah. Like I won't feel guilty. I'll feel like, yeah, I was socializing today. It gives us a shared thing to look at together, in a way. Which that, is, that, you know. Yes, that's enjoyable. a deeper way of looking at it than what I was implying. <laughs> I, I just wanted to, like, pretend that I was... That I had a friend, oh. not just playing video games all day. Imaginary friends. Not imaginary. They're real people on and the internet. And pretend. Okay. Imaginary friends, pretend friends, and real friends. Yes, good. I have three friends. All the friends. <laughs> That's nice. That's... I, yeah, why do you... The games you choose and the books you choose, how do you choose what to share? Like, why do you share those? They're, like I said, I, the, the main reason, I think, is that I really like them and I think other people will also really like them that they've had a big impact on me and they've shaped me in ways that I think are you know, good and the more that I get to sort of share that with people and point those things out I feel like the the better everything is going to be yeah I think but, your your take on any book or video game is a lot uh richer than my take usually mine is to just be some mind-numbing, just enjoy it. Uh, but that's a part of it, too. And that I, I worry sometimes that I'm seeing a lot of stuff there that's just like me making stuff up, you know, and telling a certain kind of story about it. And maybe there's just, it's just as valuable as just something to do to, to relax and hang out with other people, socialize. Yeah. If I can, if they play with me. If only, <laughs> if only. Yeah. Well, anyhow. Yeah, those are two great types of games, two great reasons to play those. But I think that there can be a person, hopefully someone's out there, that is all about the books and games that you love and are obsessed about, but read them and play them for my reasons for reading Uh, or playing, and then vice versa. So someone gets more out of Starbound and Animal Crossing than I do. Something like a deeper, more profound level would be would be interesting. I want to meet those people. That's right. Let's yeah. double date those people. Let's find those people and play video games with them and talk about books with them. That sounds great. I hope this podcast finds its way to you guys and I hope you've enjoyed our little conversation here. I'm sure we'll have more in the future. Maybe we'll even show our cats in the future. Oh, there you go. Oh, that would be entertaining. Okay. All right, well, uh, we'll be back next week with our first episode on Threed, and the project will continue 
into the spring here. He's being very generous with saying the hour. It's he'll be back next week. Oh, I sometimes slip into the royal. We. Yeah. Oh, that one. That. Yeah. I'm royal. You're not the we. We're royal. Yeah. Okay. All right. Take care.